Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. that way. So a lot of you guys think he will meet and exceed them or meet, meet or exceed them. I agree. Let's see what our guy Los has to say about it. Good morning, Los. Good morning, Sky, man. Hey, I know I've been in my A, but I hope you're having a great morning. I know I sure am. And, hey, real quick, like, let me say this, Sky. I know it's hard being loyal fans to, you know, in general to some teams, especially this team, the Cowboys, heartbreak after heartbreak. But, you know, there's some teams out there when you follow them and they go to the where you you wanted to them to go, you can live up that to that high and I'm still off, it, off of it, you know. And, like, you know, shout out to the Dallas Stars, man. I mean, hey, they're back yeah. in the Western Conference. They're back in the Western Conference Finals in the last four years, and that's something that the Cowboys haven't even, you know, done in, like, 25-something years. So, I mean, hey. We got to be next, though, right? I, like, like, look, you got the Mavs, 2011. Now the Stars. I, mean, I don't know what the Rangers. I don't know yeah. what their history. Did, didn't the Rangers go oh, well, to the I, World yeah, Series I, not so hey, long ago? Yeah, interesting fact. Texas Rangers are the only major baseball team that hasn't won a World Series. So, but didn't they? I mean, did, hey, did did they go some years ago? I'm, I'm they, sure. they went twice. They went twice in a row, and we lost twice right, in well, a row. So, we, so Dallas is next, man. We, the Cowboys yeah. got to be next. Man. Hey, hey, exactly, Sky. Exactly, and hey, and Sky. Let me tell you, if we be if we go in the Super Bowl, I tell you what, Sky. I, we better not just go up to show up and you know like, this is just future time. We just you know show up and not 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 like whatever. We we in there to win it because damn sure nothing's granted. But man, if we were to win that Super Bowl in the sky, shit, um, it's a parade inside of my city. I that's all I'm gonna say. But let me tell you real quick, Scott. The only three players that I feel that I can feel like this year that and it's so cliche just saying these three names, and I'll tell you why that I feel the Dallas Cowboys are going to do anything, it's going to be these three. And it's going to be Dak, CD, and Micah. And the reason I say these names is because Dak, in all honesty, I feel he has the capability to lead this offense with, you know, majority of the weapons. But if he cannot do any uncharacteristic turnovers, if there's a chance to take an NFC, you better not miss that opportunity. And with CD, I mean, we know he's a wide receiver one. I just want more of him, like, you know, make that money, like, make that field pay and make that money talk. You know, like, I, I want to see him be, I mean, let, I, I mean, this is just saying a lot, but, you know, Justin Jefferson numbers, but, like, I mean, he's more than capable of it. And Micah, I mean, if he's able to be himself and there's nothing else he wants it to be, like, he tells himself that he wants to be the greatest, if he makes it easier for the linemen and the corners just to play their game, especially now that Trayvon and Gilmore has that side locked up and we can just rush. I mean, we we got this season in the bag. The NFC is wide open, Sky. And if those, if, Sky, I don't, I don't know who who, um, who scares us the most, but, I mean, I'm not going to be scared of them. But I do give respect to the, the Eagles in that front office. But, I mean, if we can beat them twice in any year, shit, we, we, we got them. And I ain't scared of failure. 
But I do give respect for what they did in the organization, but I ain't scared. And that's the only team that can, we can I, we should uh, at least, you know, be on a reach out for. But that's sure. it. You have All a great right. morning, Sky, and peace out. All right, Lowe's. Appreciate you, man. My man said, Lowe's said, we're going to do anything this year. It's going... Dak, CD, and, and Micah. Yeah, yeah, man. Th- our three three of our best players. It's, yeah, we're going to need them to to play well. 100%, Los. Uh, 4-8-4, what it is, what it do? You got to turn your house down, 4-8-4. Oh. Hey, Sky, what's up, bro? What's going on? Check it here again. But yeah, this is Mike, man. I'm from Philly. But I'm a Cowboys fan. Well, I'm sorry, sir, right. that, that you, <laughs> you no, got to no, be in, no. the, in, in, in the heart of the line. Uh, well, not the line. We got the line. In, in the line's den, well, I guess, is what they say. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I live in Dallas now, but um, oh, okay. I, I, I was right. born and raised in Philly. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like so me. I was, yeah, about, I was though, in PA right outside I, of Philly. Now I'm in Dallas. So we kind of the same, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's all good. It's all good. Now, what I was calling you about, man, do you believe in that history can repeat itself? Nah, that's a saying. It's a, it's a cliche, sure. But but what okay. are you getting at? Because right. okay. I, I now, hope 19, it doesn't. 19, First of all, I hope okay, it doesn't. No, wait, bro, but let me explain to you, though. 1991 was the last time we drafted a defensive tackle, uh, Russell Brown, right? Yeah. Okay, round one. Now, in the same draft, the Cowboys drafted a, a tackle uh, from Central State, Eric Williams. Remember him? Yeah. Yeah. And he's from Philly. He's from Philly. Now, this year, we drafted um, Amazi. Mm-hmm. He was a tackle. And then we drafted Hasim Richards, mm-hmm. born and raised in Philly. You see, you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, and, and the stars were aligned, and the moon was a full moon when it happened. Yeah, I get what you're saying, so. Okay, yeah, and after that, you know, it's history after that. You know, we went to, what, three Super Bowls. should have been four Super Bowls, but everywhere got hurt. But, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's all it's going about, man. And, you know, I listen to you. I try to listen to you guys every morning. I check out all the, you know, all the log, uh, what's it going to Landlord, I try to catch all you guys. But I, cause I, I stopped listening to the ESPN, ESPN and all them guys. I thought listening to them grads. I'm, I'm tired of hearing people bad, you know, killing our cowboys. So I don't want to listen to positive stuff. You know what I mean? Or at least real stuff. You know, like ESPN, they, they give you the low hanging fruit. I, that's easy. You yeah. Know? But, but they're not. They're not about yeah. to talk about the Donovan Wilsons. They're not about to talk about the third round picks. They're not about to talk about you know the backups and things like that. Those are important. Right. These type of things are important for for any team to win a championship. But I get it. Networks want right. to get clicks and things like that. And it just it just bored me, which is why, you know, yeah, I think you see boring, where man. the community is at now. Right, exactly, exactly. Now I enjoy you guys, man. Yeah, you keep up the good work, bro. Thank you, man. Pre- to you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right, folks. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's one way to look at the history, for sure. But when he said the history repeating itself, and, and you know, I'm like, I don't want it to. Cowboys are on a historically terrible streak right now. Yeah, not getting to the NFC Championship game, but that's one way to look at it. There's a guy named RJ Achoa, if you're on Twitter. 
he he does things like this. He goes even further than that. He you know he goes. Taylor Swift dropped an album this time, and then Mike McCarthy did this and all that. Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. He does stuff like that. Uh, that this is kind of like that, but but not not necessarily the same. So, that's, look, man, I think it's it's not going to take these kind of random things for the Cowboys to win. I think it's going to take tangible things, and one of those tangible things is Jonathan Hankins. He's another guy that raised his expectations when he arrived here. Now, here's the thing about Hank. There's two controversial, if you want to use that one, two controversial players that I, I put on this list here. And one of them, I, I think, is Hank. Because Jonathan Hankins will be 31, if he's not already. I think he might already be 31. So, asking him to be a different person or, or be better I think it's tricky because he is what he is. But the reason why I included Jonathan Hankins is because he only played seven games for the Cowboys when you include the postseason. In those 17, seven games, 15 tackles, 11 solo, 11 stops in a sack. And I wanted to include him because maybe he didn't raise the expectation for himself, but he damn sure raised the expectation for the run defense. On first and second down, the Cowboys, and this is from Nate Tice, uh, their run rush defense success rate is 74%, or was 74%, with Hankins on the field. The league-leading run defense, we had this statistic the other, uh, the other day, the league-leading run defense rate was 73%. Let that register in your head for a quick second. Here. The Cowboys with Hankins on the field, 74% rush defense success rate. And now they get mozzie. And he needs that help because Jonathan Hankins cannot do it all himself. He's getting up there in age. Um, I don't. I hate to put the injury thing on him, but but that was a freak in incident against Houston. And if you look at that play, I mean, dude is a he's a freak himself. He was being kind of held, in my opinion. I think dragged down, and he reached his arm out. And Pierce, Damian Pierce, is not easy to get down. This is a physical runner. And with one hand, pretty much stops Damian Pierce, I believe, on a fourth down. Either fourth down or third down. I believe he stopped Damian Pierce uh, from getting the first down. And that's where he tore, I think, his peck or something like that, y'all. Bicep or something. He did something to his arm. So that was kind of a bit of a freaking situation. But he is 31. These nicks may happen, so he needed a little bit of help. But Big Hank, when he came back, Oh, he came to play in those playoffs, man. He showed you why he was so damn important and why a, a big dude, six foot three, 340 40 pound guy is important to have on this team. And, and I think Hankins, I don't want to use the term single-handedly, but is a huge factor in why the Cowboys drafted Mozzie Smith. They saw how important Jonathan Hankins was when he was on that field to their rush defense. We often talk about if you want to be one of the greats, one of them ones, most of those defenses are great against the run. Even in the passing league, if you can make these guys one-dimensional, you got to leg up, especially when you got a Micah Parsons, a D-Law, a Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams. You know, especially when you got a lot of defensive ends and edge rushers, you can throw at them. Osa from the interior. Maybe Mozzie turns into 
you know, a pass rush type guy. But between his play and just kind of his level of importance that he showed us when he was there, Jonathan Hankins, to me, raised his level of expectation. And our guy, Professor O, gave us this fantastic stat when he went out. This was the beginning of the, or not the beginning. This was prior to the playoffs. I'm sure that number might have went down in the playoffs. But when he was on the field, they only allowed 3.6 yards per carry. Fact check this here, but I'm pretty sure that's a top five. If they were to hold that throughout a season, 3.6. When he was out, 4.5. So we, we, we cannot look over his importance. We cannot look over how good he was for the Cowboys. Hence why they went out and traded a six-round pick for him. So I get it. He's not going to be a different player because he's not young. He's a 31-year-old veteran. But because of his play, because how important he was for the Cowboys, I am going to put a little bit more expectation on Big Hank. I need Big Hank to be there for the Cowboys from day one to the end of the season. And I need Big Hank to help with this run defense. So will Jonathan Hankins meet, exceed, or fail in his new expectation? And, and that expectation, I think, is to help the Cowboys become one of the best run defenses in the league. Because he showed when he's on the field, they can be a top 10 run defense. When he's off the field, they're not. Meet, exceed, or fail. I'm going to go with, with meet. I, I think as long as Hankins is, is not hurt, I think he will meet expectations, man. And 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 I think honestly, this this Mozzie Smith pick helps. Mozzie Smith is going to help keep him fresh. Jonathan Hankins played an average of twenty six snaps, which I think is a is a lot for for a guy of his size. And there were many games with the Raiders, many games with Dallas, where well, I shouldn't say many, only played seven, but games with Dallas and the Raiders where he played 30, 35 snaps. And I'm like, man, that's a lot of snaps for three hundred and forty pounds. He's not going to have to do that. Not out of necessity. Not with Dallas. I think Mozzie is going to help be able to keep him fresh as possible. And, and, and I don't mean to backtrack back to the rookies here, but I mean, what, what better guy for Mozzie Smith to learn from? What better guy? I bring this up often, and I, I would love to talk to a coach about this too, because I think this is, I think this is a real thing. You can be big. You can be... Bohanna, for instance, you can be uh, what's the cat that the cat that went to Washington, big country, right? You could be these type of guys that are are good run guys in college, but the know how to do it in the pros it takes some time. Not many, not many sixth round, fifth round guys are going to come into this league and be dominant run defenders right away or be good run defenders right away. That's why you don't see a lot of those guys get drafted high. That's why guys like Mozzie, when they come around, who are elite run defenders with elite athleticism, those guys get grabbed right now. It doesn't matter if y'all view them as a one or, or, or first and second down type player. You don't see those dudes fall past the second and third round often. They're getting, they're getting snatched up. And Hankins knows how to defend the run. What better guy for Mozzie to learn from? Where I think Mozzie knows how as well, but this is the pros, right? Things are going to get a little difficult once you get to that next level. But I'm, I'm excited for that tandem, man. And, and look, I, I know 
Hankins and Mozzie probably won't be on the field a ton. But I, I would not rule out Hankins and Mozzie in a Kevin and Pat Williams type of dynamic duo situation. Especially early in games. Especially against teams like the Niners. Teams like the Eagles. Did Philly even see Hank? So that's a oh, question. Did Philly even see Hank? I know they didn't see him in, in week six or whatever the Cowboys played him early in the season. I know that for a fact. And then the Cowboys played, they, they won. They won that shootout, but the Cowboys played Minshew later on. Well, I don't think Hank was on the field. Nope. Okay. Yeah, so they, they, they have no idea what they're about to get here in regards to Jonathan Hankins and Mozzie Smith together. San Fran saw it. San, San Fran saw and felt the difference with Jonathan Hankins on that field. The, 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 the Niners did not run the ball well against the Cowboys. They didn't. They had a small series of success at the end of the game. Small. But they held McCaffrey, they held Mitchell, and they held Debo under four yards per carry. One man, Jonathan Hankins. Now you get two of those types. Psh, tell you, man. I think I think he will 100%. Shoot, I'm on a, I'm borderline ready to say exceed, but but I'll just go with me. I think he'll meet the expectations. I think he will help the Cowboys be one of the best uh, run defenses as long as he's on the field. Off the field's a different story. It is. It is, Sam. Uh, let's get back to here. Uh, what y'all saying? Anybody disagree with him exceeding or, or meeting the expectations? I'm going to go with meet. I ain't going to go too crazy. I think he will meet the expectations. Exceeding it would be, again, I'm going to go back to Pat Watkins, or Pat Watkins, Pat Williams and Pat and Kevin Williams. If you go back and look at that run with Minnesota, man, under, I forget who the coach was actually at that time. But if you go look at that run, they had the number one or two rush defense from yards, touchdowns, attempts, yards per carry, whatever the hell you want to call it, for like three or four years running. It was ridiculous. So that would be exceeding me. If the, if the Cowboys come out next year, they're number one in run defense, number one in yards per carry, number one in rush touchdowns, that's exceeding it to me. I got two more. We're going to flip We're gonna flip it now. We, we did two defenders. We're going to do two offensive players. And one of those offensive players is a bit controversial. But before we do that, let's get the 931 on the horn. What's good, 931? Hey, what's going on, Sky? How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? And so I was wondering because, like, I've heard you and Vodge talk about, like, Mozzie and Hankins, but um, it kind of feels like y'all kind of, like, fell off of, of how you felt about Bohanna because he wasn't doing like he was supposed to do. But, like, from what I saw earlier in the season before he got hurt, he was doing pretty well in the run game and whatnot. And we already knew that he was only like a two down type of person. Yeah. And he was going to be more or less a role player, but he was going to be like that big plug type of person. So I was wondering how sure. you actually feel about Bo heading into year three. I just don't think he's better than Hankins or Mozzie. So unfortunately for Bo, if they don't carry three guys of his stature, he, he's fighting for his life. You know, last year, Bo impressed in, pre, in preseason and in training camp to where he got Neville Gallimore bench. But uh, we talked about this with Pat Walker. Last year, you started off the season with Neville Gallimore benched, 
Bohanna as your starter. This year, you're starting off the season with Mozzie Smith, Jonathan Hankins, and if they do decide to carry Bo, Bo as a rotational guy. It's much better. There's more competition in there. So, you know, I don't know if that's fortunate or unfortunate for Bo. It all depends on if they decide to carry three. I don't know if they will. Uh, so he's got to fight for his life, man. It is what it is. He's a six-round pick that's uh, supposed to be a run guy. It, and he, he's not, you know, J, you know, reader. He's not um, the other cat from Alabama. He's not none of these guys. So he's going to have to have a, a almost nuclear camp probably to make this team, which I'm cool with that. It's a six-round pick, man. I, I'm not, I didn't expect Bohanna to come in here and be all-world. I actually didn't even expect well, him to be a starter last year. When he beat out Neville Gallimore, I was I was surprised. I was good for him, not for Neville. But yeah, I, I kind of feel like he was doing well enough to like to retain that position until he got hurt, and then he kind of like got superseded. It's one of those uh, one of those things where that injury kind of just like pushes sure. everything off the rails, type of thing. Because he missed five games. He, sure. I believe it he, was he also got healthy scratch, to, I think, as well. But look, last year, if the if the room looked like it looked now, I mean, we'd be talking about Bohanna a lot. It's not the case no more. So, so sure. look, man, Bohanna played well. He did. He played well the first couple of weeks of the season. But we got a Mozzie. We got a Jonathan Hankins. You know, Bohanna is, is, is at best a rotational player in that and in, in I don't know if he'll make the team. I mean, we got to see. We got to get to camp, get the preseason. Maybe he makes a last-minute stand like Tristan Hill did. Tristan Hill was kind of in a similar situation. They kept drafting guys and signing guys and, and changing positions for guys at his position, and Tristan was fighting for his life. Went out there, fought well, and made the team. So that's where Bo's at. I think Bo's got to fight, man. I honestly believe that he'll that he'll get on the squad, but I – I, I, we'll see. I think it's, it's kind of like a, it's a deep room, man. I think it's like a fifty-fifty sort of thing to me personally. It's a deep but room. I don't know. I, I don't know. Last um, time they carried three one techs on 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 a roster, so you know he'll, he'll have to go nuclear to where they they're they're going deeper there to push off a defensive end, push off a linebacker or 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 a corner or a, rec- a receiver. Like he'll he'll have to go hard, man. It's gonna be, he got an uphill battle, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, last thing I wanted to ask about uh, was because I know I've always been a fan of this of this individual, but he never got a chance to actually show what he could do, other than you know putting him on special teams. That was his thing. Who's that? Serpent. If he got a chance, because you saw him last year in in camp, you could see what he could do. You could see him whenever he's like running routes and stuff, but whenever it came to the actual season, they used him on gadget plays, only on gadget plays. Or, And he was his, the main special teams uh, return. Do you think that Dallas will actually give him a, an ample opportunity, or do you think that they're just saying, we have Deuce now? So what you can do is what he can do, but we'll give you an opportunity sort of thing. I think he'll have to create his opportunity. I think he'll have to kind of Dennis Houston this thing. Meaning, you know, Dennis just did all the right things, was in the right spot, and, and he kept getting those opportunities because he wasn't fumbling those opportunities. Uh, this year, Turpin is – you got a top three healthy receiving group. They're, they're not going to feature Turpin. 
right? So whenever he gets those chances of one-on-ones down in the red zone or he gets those chances with Dak Prescott out there, he's got to take advantage of them, man, because dudes like Moreno Cropper, dudes like Deuce Vaughn, you know, these guys are coming for his spot, you know, and, he, and these guys are, are legitimate receiving threats, one out the backfield and one as a receiver in general. So, you know, I, I don't know if, if he'll get a, a shot from a, hey, we want to feature Turpin today. But whenever they decide to do throw it to him or, or give him a reverse or something, he, he better he, he better go hard because Turpin is is another dude who's, I think, fighting for his life. I don't give a damn about the return and being a pro bowler. He didn't score a damn touchdown. So it's not like if 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 he's not on this team, you missing out on special teams touchdowns. They got guys that return as well. So he's another dude fighting for his life, man. Yeah, I think that, I think that Turpin has the talent to actually exceed, to succeed in you know in this organization. But I think that he also has uh, a lot of things stacked up against him. But I also I would love to see him like in a make the team and have like some sort of package where it's a speed package and you can have Turpin and Deuce and you know you can have this thing where you have to actually play and play the matchup game, you know, for the backers and whatnot. But, you know, that's, that's like an ideal uh, thing for me. If they didn't bring in a Brandon Cooks, I, I, could, I could see where, hey, man, you need to package this, package that. But Brandon Cooks gives you, like, legitimate speed, man. Like, he gives you legitimate 4-3 some speed that the Cowboys haven't had where you can do all wide receiver things with him. With Turpin, you can't do all wide receiver. He's not he, – he's just not built like that. But it'll have to be, like you said, a package. And so so Turpin's going to have to be really good on special teams or really good with that damn package because now I'm carrying a guy who's not going to do special teams thing. You know, he's not going to get handoffs in the backfield on a consistent basis. not going to catch out the backfield like a running back. He's not going to do a lot of wide receiver things unless I come in and do some, you know, razzle-dazzle specialty package for him. So that's why I think he's going to have to show up uh, whenever his name gets called in, in practices in camp. Yeah, I, I feel like he could he could excel, like, if you actually allow him to, like, run, like, drag routes, like, be a, a Cole Beasley and Edelman type of sure. player, like, where he gets the ball in hands and get the ball in space. But so I don't, can I've Brandon Cooks. seen him really run routes. That, that's a problem. Like, it's always been, like, reverse handoffs and stuff. But so can Brandon Cooks. And, and Brandon Cooks can run the whole route tree, and he's he's, he's extremely better than, than Turpin. So when Turpin comes yeah. on the field – if he can't provide more than one thing, I know that's all he's going to do. You know what I'm saying? Where Brandon Cooks can yeah. do all that, and he can he can do the entire route tree. So now you kind of got to be on your heels a little bit more. So th- that's why I'm saying he's going to have to prove that that he can be an asset to this team in one way or another. If it's if it's offense, fine. If it's special teams, fine. But he's going to have to be a baller at one of them because I I personally don't think right now. Kevontae Turpin is going to be a, anything in this offense. I just don't. Until we get out to camp and maybe they do some things, but I can't see it because Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, uh, Brandon Cooks, Tony Pollard, those tight ends, that's going to be offense. Yeah. I, I hope that Gallup returns to the form that, he, that we know that he can be in. Uh, so, like, I'm looking forward to, to this season and seeing how everything turns out. You know, I'm highly optimistic about this thing. Like, honestly, I think that we've got so much talent that we, that's a good thing to have this conversation of, like, who do you think can actually – or who do you think will make the team? You know, who's, who's the best suited for the team? Because a lot of teams don't have that. It's more or less of, like, 
who can actually get us to where we need to be. But I think that all of pretty much this entire roster is filled with players that can get us to where we need to be. And so, like, as a Cowboy fan, I'm happy as hell to actually have this available to us. So uh, I appreciate the time. I, you know, as much as I can, I always watch you and watch content and whatnot. Um, a lot of times I'll try to call in, but it either may be too late or, you know, right at the cusp of whenever y'all are on cutoff. So yeah. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate all the content that y'all put out there. Thanks, man. Good call. Yeah. Who can help us be where we want to be? That's kind of what this today's show is about. Who raised their expectations to help us get to where we want to get to? Because we're going to be relying on these guys. And as we switch over to the other side of the ball, one of those guys is Tyler Biotish. My bad. Tyler Badass. Nah, my, my bad. Pro Bowl Tyler Biotish. Oh, yeah. His, he definitely has uh, risen his expectations. Nah, I get it. Pro Bowl. We, we can have some fun with it. But he went to the Pro Bowl. When he goes to that negotiation table. I'm talking Pro Bowl. I don't get damn what y'all talking about. <laughs> but y'all know the stat that I love for Tyler Biotish. Um, now, centers don't often give up a ton of sacks, but to go two seasons and some change without allowing a sack is impressive. That is very, very impressive for a guy who kind of was on a hot seat a little bit coming into last season. Now, for those that, that have been around, we did a show, we did a midseason award show, and Tyler Biotish won our most improved award at midseason. And we talked about the, you know, not being credited for a sack. Then that continued. And then I think you saw in his absence, very short absence, his importance at the center position. Another very underrated thing that we really didn't pay attention to was his penalties in 2021 he had 11 penalties we, we talked about Connor Williams a lot but Tyler Biotish was extremely penalized that same season he cut that down to five in 2022 so he cuts his penalties in half more than that he still is not allowed to sack is he a grinder a mauler type no but I, I do like how he gets to the second level I do like how he operates in open space Tyler Biotish has developed into a very solid center, a center that you can depend on. And at this point, maybe, not even maybe, one of your most important, we talk about guys like Zach. Zach is, come on, it's Zach, right? We know. We, Zach is kind of out there. We don't even need to talk about him. Tyler Smith, linchpin. We talk about that. Biotish might be, your most underrated, important player on that offense. Zach is Zach. Dak is Dak. We get that. But Tyler Biotish, as, as that solid center, that kind of the guy that's going to control the middle and control the cause, who is that guy if he goes down? Last year it was McGovern. He had experience playing center. This year, we don't, we don't have many players that have, have that experience in the NFL playing center. So Tyler Biotis, you know, Pro Bowl, you can argue that's another reason why his, his, uh, his expectations have risen. But no, I just think his play. I think he's been a solid guy for the Cowboys. Um, obviously, the sack stat, the penalties have went down. 
the importance that he is for this offense. I think it's fair to put more expectation on Biotish, especially coming into a uh, contract year. I think it's fair. So will Tyler Biotish, Biotish, buy it as, will he meet, exceed, or fail to live up to those expectations? I think the word fail might be too hard. I, <laughs> I think that might be too rough. But anyway, meet, exceed, or fail those expectations. I I don't think he will. Ex- I don't think Tyler Biotis will just turn into an all pros, pro pro bowl or all pro center. So I don't see that. Man, that's a he. He's he. You know, being a pro bowler, can he can he be can he play like a pro bowl? It's two different things to say. Hey, I went to the pro bowl. I mean, Huntley went to the pro bowl. Is another thing to be like, yo, this is a Pro Bowl player. That's kind of his expectation now, right? I done talked up Tyler Biotis. Now I'm, I'm, I'm talking myself out of it. And this is the only reason why. I, I really like Tyler Biotis. Can he form into a, a real-life Pro Bowl center? Oh, I'm struggling with that one. But I'm going I'm to I'm still say me. I'm going to still say me. I think, you know, another year, obviously, next to the GOAT, Zach. If Tyler Smith is playing next to him, I think that's an upgrade. And just being around, just being better. He he got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I realized that when I was down there uh, in California. Tyler Biotis got a bit of a chip, man. I think he'll meet expectations. TBD says Gene. That's fair. That's fair. A lot, a lot of people meet exceed. See, I can't go. I just don't. I don't see Tyler Biotis as as a like an All Pro type center. It's hard to go from Pro Bowl to All Pro. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a be. I'm gonna give him some some room here. I'm gonna say he'll he'll meet. King Element said if he sticks around long enough, he's probably one of those guys who consistently makes the Pro Bowl off being a known name. Couple years ago, he was leading the 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 NFC, I think, in Pro Bowl votes, and then that got he got washed out at you know when they first opened up Cowboy fans, you know how to go. Then he got washed out and didn't make it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Tyler Biotis is is a name yet. In Cowboys land, he is. I just don't think he's a name yet. I think uh, Andre Garrard turned into a name because he was a play like a Pro Bowl center for a number of seasons, and then he started making it. You know. Same thing, probably you could argue with a Leonard Davis. He had a couple real Pro Bowl, you know, years, and he was a he was a name around the league, former top ten pick or what have you. And he started making it because he was, you know, cowboy in his name. I don't know if Biotis is there yet. I don't know if he's there yet. Even if he stick around, like he would have to legitimately probably make an All Pro, second team All Pro type of situation. He could play for another seven years. If, if he don't play like that, I don't think he'll become a name in, in, the, in the league. Um, all right. The Pro Bowl thing, I wasn't going to say this, but it wasn't like he got voted in to be a Pro Bowl. He was kind of like that. What do, you, what do they call it? The reserves. He was a second reserve or whatever. Somebody got hurt. Somebody didn't want to go. Hey, Tyler, you want to come to the Pro Bowl? But I, but look, he's still Pro Bowl Tyler Biotis, nonetheless. But if he plays like an Andre Garrard, if he plays like a Leonard Davis, uh, who was the other one? Flo. Flo. Who, Flo went to the Pro Bowl off a name 
after a while. He wasn't a Pro Bowl player. Alternate, that's what they call him. They call him the Pro Bowl alternates. If he plays like Flo, if he plays like Gerard, if he plays like Davis, conversation changes. I just don't think he's ever been there. I don't think he's ever been there. Now, this last one is, is a little controversial. This is a young player. Uh, he already had a ton of expectations just given where he was selected. So, so raising those ex- expectations this early is a lot of pressure on this young man. It's Tyler Smith. And I felt like I needed to include him because, again, of his importance to this line. But also because of his play. You know, if you look at the numbers, you might come away alarmed. He had a lot of penalties. He gave up his fair share of sacks, fair share of pressures. But then when you provide context, you realize, she, for for what he was thrown at, for what he was given, I think he handled it extremely well. No joke. Tyler Smith did not get any significant snaps in practice and camps and whatever at left tackle. He didn't, <laughs> he did not. It was, it was all guard. They were really working him in at guard. They were trying to get him going at guard and boom, two weeks season's about to start. He has an ankle sprain. Hey Tyler, you mind playing left tackle? 1,022 snaps at left tackle last year. Started all 17 games. Wasn't the cleanest. Sure. Gave up a handful, uh, not a handful, a good number of sacks and a good number of pressures. However, once we got to the postseason, it was only credited for one pressure and he allowed zero sacks. In fact, the last, I want to say, 12 games, he only gave up two sacks. Now, in between, he had a couple rough ones. He had the Giants game was rough and the Jaguars game was rough. But then when you add in the fact that he did some left guard things, looked good at left guard. And they call him left side. He's a left side player. I think Tyler Smith exceeded his expectations last year, which is why I think he broke through that ceiling. He broke through that wall. And that's why, I mean, I ask you guys, do you think he'll meet, exceed, or fail you know, his new expectations? I think he'll exceed them. He's the only he's the only one of these four that I'm stamping as as exceeding. You know, these other guys have had high profile years, Pro Bowl, right? Uh, career type years in Dono. I don't think Hankins can beat more than what he already is, and that's just because he's already been in this league forever. But Tyler's so young. Uh, last year, I thought he did phenomenal for what he was what he was asked to do. I think. The ceiling will continue to move with this young man. I think he'll exceed whatever expectations you want to put on this year. I don't give a damn what position he plays. You know, y'all could bicker and fight over left guard, left tackle. I don't care. He showed me that put me wherever, I'll I'll bust my ass to be the best I can be at that position. And he's got the talent to do it. He's got the work ethic to do it. He's smart enough to do it. And now I think Mike Solari, I don't know, man. I just have this this feeling about Mike Solari that will get the best out of a guy like Tyler Smith. Whether it be from a schematic standpoint, whether it be from a coaching standpoint, I just feel like Tyler Smith is going to, you want to talk about Pro Bowl, but you want to talk about name. 
King Element. I think Tyler Smith can make a name for himself in this league as one of those perennial Pro Bowl left tackles. I do. I think he has that type of talent. Or guard, whatever, wherever the hell you want to put him. I think he can be a perennial Pro Bowler. He has that talent to do it. So I think he will exceed his expectations. Meet, exceed, or fail his expectations. Many are uh, exceed, meet, exceed. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody believes he will fail to meet his new expectations. Bobby said, come on, he was awesome as a Bobby, are you listening? <laughs> That's literally what I said. Quite literally said he exceeded his expectations as a rookie. For what he was, they were asking him to do. Man, he blew it out the, he blew it out the park. He hit it out the park. Especially since he didn't play left tackle that much. In preseason, I should say. Ooh, I love exactly saying being a, can, can you hear me? Can you hear me? All right, let's get back to the phone lines and see what our perennial Pro Bowl caller, DJ, got to say. What's good, DJ? Well, first of all, you done made my whole morning, Scott. I appreciate the Pro Bowl attack. I like that. <laughs> of course, man. Look, you, you're working your way into <laughs> all pro. All right? You work your way into all pro. What's good, bro? Hell yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, but no, uh, kind of, you know, totally agree. Uh, Tyler Biotis, you know, we really haven't mentioned anything about him, you know, but that, that expectation is there, yes. you know. So, um, going back to Hankins, you know, I've been real big on Hankins all off season. Um, he 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 kind of made this whole thing shake last year when he showed up with the Grundy and all that kind of stuff. Um, so there's that, but it's a couple that, um, you didn't mention, I think, you know, raised expectations for Tony Pollard, um, is a conversation that needs to be had, yes. um, because, you know, this will be, uh, the first time that he doesn't have Zeke so that he still, can he still be that guy? Uh, I think he can, but it's a conversation that needs to be had. Um, the same thing with Deron Bland, you know, he kind of came in unexpectedly last year. Now he's going to be that guy, um, behind uh, cornerback one and cornerback two. He's going to be that definitive slot guy or wherever they want to line him up. He's going to be in the lineup. I think he's one that you want to think about a lot as well. And then, of course, Jake Ferguson. Um, because with the with Dalton Schultz leaving, yes, we brought in Schoolmaker, but um, we all expect – I mean, I think he has the biggest gap between the expectations from last year to expectations to this year coming up. I think his rose the most out of anybody out there. Well, that will be a different – uh, variation of your expectations. This one is more about the play of the previous yeah. season. Uh, Jake just didn't get it. He only had like 19 targets, you know, or 19 receptions and something, something yeah. like that. So he really didn't play enough. I, I don't think to qualify for this. This was more, more so about who set a new set of expectations because of their play. And when you, you mentioned Tony Powell and the reason yeah. why I left off a lot of players, cause I wanted to hear from you guys who, who else you thought. And Tony Powell is a great one. Um, I want, I left off Tony Pollard on purpose because I wanted to know if anybody believed he is a guy that kind of broke through that wall to set a new level of expectations. And even if you don't believe he did it statistically, which he did, he definitely did it through, uh, through that contract, through getting franchise tags. So Tony Pollard is definitely a good one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
the whole thing is that, you know, he showed that he could he could be the guy when it came to the couple of games that uh, he started last year. Now it's going to be, can he do it over the whole season? Which, again, I think he can, especially because we're going to be doing running back by committee and all that good stuff. Um, but, you know, he has to still go out there and do it. And I, I think, especially, I think he's going to be the crux for the whole thing. Um, and whether Tony, if Tony Pollard has a bad season, I see Dallas Cowboys having a bad season just because, or at least the offense having a bad season because uh, everything's going to be flowing through the run game and, and that's going to make everything shake. Um, and with this change in, in philosophy and mindset, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, Poor will always be able to bail us out, but, you know, Kellen Moore kind of let him have it. Whereas yeah. we don't know what they're, they're going to do so much this, the, uh, with Mike McCarthy and, and Schottenheimer calling the, uh, calling the shots. I think you said if Tony has a bad season, we'll have a bad season. I think it'll be not because of Tony. Uh, if it's because of Tony, it'll be because he's not the same as injury, right? Like he's he's a, cons- a considerably yeah. worst player. But I just think he's way too talented to have a quote unquote bad season. If he has a bad season, offensive line is probably not good. Our, our running game, our running scheme, whatever you want to call it, is probably not good. You, you could probably argue. Our play calling is is probably not good, um, or he's not the same because of injury. But if, if this is a healthy dude, I mean, I, I, from what I've seen since he stepped into this league, every time that he's healthy, when you put the ball in Tony Pollard's hand ten or more times, you are getting a quality season, game, year, whatever the hell you want to call it. You getting quality out of that guy, so that makes me nervous. When you say, "Hey, if he has a bad season, we're gonna have a bad season." Yeah, but. Probably not because of Tony. <laughs> Probably because everything else that's happening around Tony. Yeah, for sure, for sure, brother. Uh, I mean, and to clarify, I don't expect that to happen. You know, right. make sure you heard right. me on that. I expect Tony to come out here and kill it. And I'm not necessarily talking to you, Scott. I'm just saying for right, everybody right, right, else. Right. Gotcha. Not saying Tony's gonna come out here, <laughs> gonna come out here and have a bad season. It's just gonna be, you know. I think his his production and value, and maybe that's what it would be. It'd be deeper than that. Like if Tony's having a bad season, what's really going on? Yeah. Um, but I think yeah. his success is going to be it's going to speak volumes on the success of the team overall. And the a, a DJ before I before I let you go here, uh, somebody brought up Cooks, uh, the other Cooks, Dalvin Cooks. Would you would you look into that? Apparently, he's going to be released. Bringing in Dalvin Cook? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how much money does he want? That's yeah, my that, first that's, question. That's true. Uh, uh, now, if he wants to come in for $38, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, let, let's do it. Bye, true. Rico. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, Malik. You know, we got this. You know, but, but I mean, if he's won 10, 11, 12 million, then, you know, no, I'm out on that. But, I mean, yeah. I would think about it for 3 or 4 million, you know, for sure. <sighs> Bro, look, I I think I'll be in on it too for for five for five or less. I'll be in on Dalvin Cook. I mean, look, I keep going back to they paid Keanu Neal five million dollars, y'all. Keanu Neal. I'm just saying. So so if if Dalvin Cook won five million or four million to come in for a year or whatever, we got the bread. We got the bread, and, and I know a lot of people scared of Rojo. Okay, if you're scared of Rojo, Dalvin Cook better. 
So, you know, Tony Pollard, Dalvin Cook, one-two punch would be, man, that'd be fun. With, with, you got a little Deuce Vaughn out there doing some some past things and, you know, mixing yeah. it up as a change yeah, of pace back. She. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm not a big fan of the whole, like, you know, super team aspect like they do in basketball, like kind of how a Philly did back in the year. But I am having a super room. You know what I mean? You brought in all these guys for this specific position. Then, I, then I'm cool with it, right? Like if you're bringing in three or four wide receivers that are gangsters and you know they're gangsters and they're proven, that means a lot more than trying to, you know, fill up the whole roster like what the Giants did with their defense a few years back or uh, how much money the the Patriots spent on, on, on free agency a couple years ago. Like that stuff never works. But if you want to uh, fortify a room by bringing in a whole mm-hmm. bunch of guys, and in this case it would be the running back room, by all means, do you. Yeah, and Dallas hasn't dropped the bag on a, on an outside free agent this summer just yet. And and I know five million ain't a crazy bag, but it's more than what they've paid, you know, any outside free agent probably since Keanu Neal a couple years ago. So, yep, my mistake, right? Yeah, for sure. So, man, look, man, I I I, I look into it. I just wanted to ask you that we were talking about running backs. I saw his name pop up in there. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, man, I'll let you go. get it going. I know you were running up on time, but I appreciate you letting me come in, and you know, I'll try to live up to that Pro Bowl tag. All right, but <laughs> appreciate you, DJ. Salute. <laughs> my, that's that's how I'm about to categorize y'all, y'all. Pro Bowlers, All Pros, rookies, and Matt. We're gonna do Madden scale, right? Rookies, Pro, All Pro, All Matt, all that stuff. I don't know. I randomly looked over it, and I don't know who it was. Somebody asked. Would I want Nick Bosa or CeeDee Lamb? Why is that? Is something going? Is something up? Is like, like Nick Bosa like randomly requesting a trade or something? But but that question, uh, I I got Michael Parsons. You know, I lose CD Lamb. My wide receiver room goes back to being an issue. I got enough pass right. My defensive line set to go. I mean, I, I got Michael Parsons. I'll build around Michael Parsons. Yes, will it be fun to have Michael Parsons and Nick Bosa? Sure. But I'm trying to put together a balanced team. I'll become unbalanced if I lose C.D. Lamb. So if we talk about right now, I'm I'm good. I'm keeping C.D. Lamb. I got Michael Parsons. I don't need Nick Bosa. If you're talking about, hey, I'm on Madden. I'm trying to create a team. Hell, if I get a chance to get Nick Bosa and Michael Parsons on the team on Madden, sure. But but this team, I'm I'm good. I'm trying to – I got Michael Parsons. I don't, I don't really need it. Yeah, man, Dalvin Cook keeps popping up. He's supposed to be released. I don't know. We'll see. I'll pick up that phone. We did a a Hattie B's hot take months ago, I think it was, or a month ago, before the the, uh, draft, where this news came out that they they can't trade Dalvin Cook. He potentially could be released. And I believe I said, I don't think the Cowboys would be interested because of money, but they should be interested if something along those lines. And if he does want more than $5 million, they'd probably say no. Hell, they might even say no if he won five. Like, but go look at go look at the money that Stephen Jones spends on these free agents, man. The cutoff is a six, six and a half. Alan Hearns, uh, who else was it? Randall Cobb, those type of guys. I think Cook can fall into the Randall Cobb category, low key. So I, I don't think it'd be egregious to pay him six million for a year. But Stephen Jones ain't really trying to spend that bread. Go look at the guys we signed, Edoja. Uh Ronald Jones, who I think they're gonna be all right. These got one million dollars, 1.5 million, you know. That's what he's looking for. 
Hey, and maybe it could be like a former Viking who got put out there on a the market, didn't didn't get signed. The expectation for him was to to get some money, and he and he got signed for way less than most people thought he was going to sign. I'm talking about Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr didn't get the bag. Came to Dallas, nothing. Let's get to another Pro Bowl caller. Magic City Mar, what's good? Oh man, listening to your take. You make good oh. sense. You brought out some good points. I'm like, man. I try. You I don't do it, I don't do it all the you, time, but I try. <laughs> you own it this morning. You know what I'm saying? Like my three I'm gonna go back to your nose tackles. It's gonna be Bo Hanna, Hannah, uh, and uh Mozzie. I'm gonna stay to my guns. Miles is the new three tech, and then he can play three downs because he's athletic. I think you bring, when you take Hannigan and the bow gonna be sharing it. You bring uh, Mozzie, when Mozzie moved to the one, then you no matter what's it over. Say again. What's the big guy you like? Osa. Oh yeah, yeah. Osa. Osa. Yeah. yeah. That's when you got the passing down. Now you ain't got to have all them little small details. Hey, Marv. You see what I'm saying? I, I tell you this, you know, when teams, if, if you decide, if you get teams into being one-dimensional, whether it be because you're outscoring them or whether it be because they just can't run on Hankins and Mozzie, you, I don't think you have to go full-blown endgame when, when teams start to yeah, pass. Yeah, you don't. I don't. I, I think Mozzie, between Mozzie and Osa, Mozzie getting, giving that power, that push so guys can't step up in the pocket – Osa yep. being able to operate one-on-one, I think you kind of get back to being a bit traditional in the front four. Now, now Dan is a mad scientist, Marv. He's going to throw out the, the end game. He's going to throw out five defensive ends standing up, amoeba defense roaming around. Like, that's going to happen. Um, but yeah. I don't think – look, man, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just being a bit of a homer here. I just really do think Mozzie Smith will provide something in the pass rush department, whether it be power – from guys stepping up, he can push back that guard, that center, or whether it be just him using his athleticism and quickness to get into the backfield. So, Yep. He's going to use Mozzie. Mozzie going to be your three-down guy. Hanneke and Bo is going to be the one if you place each other for red. Then, you know, sometimes Mozzie gets some red. But Mozzie going to have five sacks. I'm telling you right now. You, you, you just made me he think of something. You just made me think of something. We was talking about uh, Bo earlier. I think I forget who the caller was, and and you just reminded me of our me and you kind of feel the same way about Mozzie doing some three tech things. If they do, and yep. if they do view him as 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 more of a as a three tech, then Bo's importance becomes bigger, right? Because you now you you yep. don't have two one techs if he's off the team. You got one but I, I don't I don't think they're gonna do I don't think they're gonna view him as a full-time three tech mar I, I, I look I'm with you I think you'll see both of them I gonna play both yeah I think yeah I think he'll play both I think he'll play both yeah 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 but I'm saying but Bo is just for Hannah so he could get rest so them three gonna play off each other now I'm gonna tell you something this is the time 96 he ain't gotta play one no more if he really want to make this team, yeah, he got to show off as a three tech. He got to show off. Hey, he, is he the new Tristan Hill? 
Yeah, you know, let's talk about Bo being he, the new Tristan Hill. Is he the new Tristan Hill? He's the new Tristan Hill. He got to show off. Yeah. And then look what you said, because that dude is so athletic. I remember you said, I mean, you said it. Number nine, number 58, and number, uh, what's, the, is it nine, what's the number? Oh, oh. Who you talking about? Oza. What's Oza? Oh, Oza 97. Okay. 97 and 58, because they so athletic, sometimes you can play them at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Mars like. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm coming with? You finna come Mar- out. <laughs> you, you finna come why, out. Why you hit us with the evil laugh, Mar? 9 to 7. Hey, man. 58. It's so excited. It's like a candy factory. At he got a candy. Air. And you're not even. And the guy Fiona, the new guy, because he, he remind me of my homeboy, McCrary. Who's I used that? to hang with in Seattle when he went to Baltimore. Remember the DM from yeah, McCrary yeah, yeah. used to play for Baltimore Ravens? Who, but yeah. who remind you of him? The new guy we got in the fourth round. Oh, Falco, Falco. Yes, he relentless like that. Never give up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He just keep coming. Yes, he is. He's that's yeah, he's tenacious. He's, he's he's tenacious, sure. And that will make your team there. Now the linebacker's gonna eat. You know what's a good thing though? Like I keep telling my friends, that number twenty one gonna make everybody eat. Gilmore gonna make everybody eat. Now the, the quarterback. Quarterback yeah. ain't gonna be okay. Let's pick on number Gilmore. Let's pick yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, let's stuff. pick on number. Let's pick on the other corners. You can't do that no more, brother. Mm-mm. Now you gotta throw toward number seven. You gotta mm-hmm. throw toward twenty-one. Now you they right. Gonna, they, they're gonna try to target Bland, and that's where you get and, and the secret weapon is your ball. Go, go right on ahead. Target the dude who got it's five interceptions last year against your number three wide receiver. Please, I, I beg of thee. Oh, now this. This is even beautiful. That's how he gonna come when he puts your boy Overton in, cause he can play safety too. Who that? And he can cut. So you don't know where that blitz coming from. Marv, who? Overton. Oh, oh, overshown, man, boy, you just be overshown. Yeah, yeah, o- overshown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't. When he on the. Oh my God! So this, this, I think we're gonna have a number one defense, mm-hmm. and then. You boy, be honest. Is a beast. <laughs> Facts, big like, You got to give be honest credit. I didn't give him no sack. But you know what we forgot? I was going to tell you. Who we, for? Who we forgot? Your boy, uh, number 68, started the first four games. Names, Marv. 68. The guard. Fournier? Was that Fournier? Fournier, yeah. I was watching the tape. I was like, oh, man, he started four. He was starting, then he got hurt, and then 66 took his place. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. You got it backwards there, Mark. 66 started, and he got hurt. And then and then Fournier. Yeah, but in the first game, if you go to the first game against Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. 68 started. No, 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 no. McGovern started, oh. and then McGovern got hurt. He got no. hurt. I'm a, you're right, you're right. Did, yeah. I was shocked. I said, oh, man, you're not, like started for you're real. You're not right. And then, now these guys should be better now. Yeah. Like everybody yeah, keeps saying, yeah. we got the ups. Like I was telling my friend, we have the ups on Philly. Because just like you said, 54 started. Our, our rookies already played. 
They rookies okay, got to come Williams. in and play now. Philly. Philly rookies got to come in and play. Are they going to be better than Sam Williams? Four sacks? Four to, what did he get, six sacks or four sacks? He had four sacks last year. But I think he led the team in tackles for loss. Sam is... Look, we 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 had some we hit on some rookies last year. Sam, Deron, and Tyler, man, yeah. Four four, come on, man. Two sixty four four, come on, man. Yeah, I I, I, man, I think he'd really be a, a great uh, D law replacement. He is an upgrade. This and this D law chance to get a Super Bowl, man. but he better come up. All them rookies, I mean, all them veterans. This is y'all chance. They stack the team, and like you say, it's always going to come down <laughs> to the quarterback. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I feel so you. So I'm bro. excited, man. I'm excited. I am too. Bro. It'll be a good. It'll be a good year. Did you watch the game last night? Yeah, I watched the game. It was a good one. I hope we get we get six the more Lakers, just like the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers game. You watch the before I get off here. Come on, LeBron James. You should have drove that ball to the rack. Yeah, I don't know why. You, I I think LeBron. He took, he yeah, he, me off. yeah, he tried to hit he the three to to you know he. he he lost the game. Because you saw he walked off the court. He knew he lost the game. Yeah. But I ain't tripping because I, I like I like the adjustment that they made uh to be yeah. down twenty one and get back in it like that. It, you know, maybe we'll see more uh A D off ball, you know, to help out with against Joker. So we'll see. Yeah. But I feel good. Yeah, me too. But when he do that though, one thing I gotta say before I leave, when LeBron James does that. I know he, he he pissed, so I know he's gonna do the second game. He know he could go to the rack every time. Yeah, I mean every he time he went to the rack in this points. game, he was either getting fouled or or he was you know an easy layup and dunk. I know. Yeah, but all I wanna say, you got a good show, man. How about the Cowboys and let's root for Dak Prescott. Sure. He's gonna be the most valuable player this year. Dak Prescott, man, putting it down. He will be the best. Yeah, I'm giving him that because his offense suit him. I'm giving it to that. My guy. That's who's going to be the most successful. My guy. Appreciate Salute, you, Salute, brother. Salute. Good show. You know what I realized now? And it didn't register to me until he, till Marv start rolling off those damn numbers. Like, what? Why is Marv saying all these numbers again? He used to, ah, college football season, Marv knows everybody's name. He knows the school. He knows their name, the position. Marv got it down pat. But the, for some reason, 53 players on the Cowboys is numbers. 778 players in the draft is names. I can't explain it. It's a Marv thing. But I got to re-trigger my brain again now. I got to remember Marv's here. 68, 68, 21, all right, 54, okay, 63. I got to add them up at equal. And then we get the player. Got to retrain my brain, man. Got to retrain my brain. Uh, you snuck up in there. You snuck up in there, uh, Jose. So I'm gonna lock this up. I'm gonna lock this up. Let me let me read it. Let me let me read a couple super chats, and I got you, good brother. By the way, appreciate y'all, man. If y'all enjoying today's show, boy, hit the like button. Give it a like. Tell me I'm lying, and I ain't lying. Marv knew everybody's name, number. School position, their mama, their uncle, who he ran track with in college football. Boy, back to the Cowboys. It's a whole math problem I gotta do to figure out who the hell Marv talking about. <laughs> All 
All right, man. Towboat dropped one earlier and said, to be the man. Super chat. You've got to beat the man. Appreciate you, Towboat time. Of course he's dropping that, cuz. Uh, DC for life drop one. He said, good morning, Scott. Super chat. Let's freaking go. Can't wait to see what this season brings. Appreciate the DC for life, Texas. Uh, a Aaron drop one. He said, Dono. Super chat. Exhilarating to watch on all 22. You ain't lying. We can, we can, we can let it roll. Hold on. Let me find a Dono real quick. We can let that thing roll. There you go. Fun. Brother L. Oh, that was yesterday. That was yesterday. Towboat dropped one earlier. Super chat. Says, say it again and type it in the chat. Philly. Or mother Philly. Excuse my language, ladies. I feel you. Yeah, man, Donovan Wilson's fun. Donovan Wilson's a weapon. One of my favorite players on the team, D-Hitman, deserves all the praise, deserves the largest safety contract since Ken Hamlin. And look, I thought Ken Hamlin got the bag. I went back and looked what he actually got. That up got the Brinks truck. Whoa, wait a What the hell was Jerry Jones thinking back then? Look, I like Ken Hamlin. Sat down with Ken Hamlin, had a, a, an amazing interview, got some insight on that. 017, Demarcus Ware, uh, really great guy. He had a Pro Bowl year in, in 2007. So did 17 other dudes on that team. And and Jerry said, Pro Bowl? Brinks truck. He signed for like six years, $40 million. He didn't see that money, all that money, but still. And it was a lot of funny money. But Dono deserves, I think, this, this, this contract, man. And earlier, I saw somebody in the chat. I think it was 6 to midnight. He said, damn, Sky, you know, I, I thought J-Ron was your guy. J-Ron, my guy, man. This ain't got nothing to do about my like or dislike for J-Ron, why I think he might not be on this team next year. It's more so I'm just looking at how to land this thing out. Donovan Wilson gets the bag. They they want Marquise Bell. Maybe this could this could be, this could be, this could rely on Marquise Bell. They want Marquise Bell to kind of take that J-Ron role, you know. Israel McQuamel, he's doing a lot of safety things too, Art. I just don't know. Are they going to pay J-Ron again? Now, what, what could happen? What could happen though? So, so I am going to kind of go back a little bit. I'm going to push back. I'm going to play devil's advocate to myself. What could happen is J-Ron has another solid season. Hits the market. They realize, hey, man, you 29, 30. What is he, 30 years old going to be next year? You aren't, you know, the safety in the league. So we aren't, meaning the league, going to pay you a lot of money. And maybe they view him in the light that they viewed LVE. Like, look, man, you play with Dan Quinn. You have a specific role here. Uh, we don't really think you like that. So we don't we don't want to pay you a lot of money out in the market. So J-Ron comes back to Dallas and says, what is it going to take to return? And Dallas says, well, one year, three million. Maybe that's a way they get a J-Ron curse. But I feel like they are preparing themselves to be, to have life without J-Ron. Now, that's all that is. Not not saying that I want J-Ron out of here. That's my guy. I just looking at the tea leaves is all. 
Wait, Zotan Overshaw. <laughs> what what did Marv Carvo? Overton. That's what he called him. Overton. All right, a couple more. Does Overshaw remind me of JOK from last year? Nah. Well, it was a couple years ago. Nah. Like, I get I get where I get where that's oh, you're saying Zotan. You're talking to Zotan Iceberg or something. Okay, I got what you're saying. Uh nah. No, 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 no. Nah, J, J, I get it though. JOK undersized. Overshown, technically undersized at linebacker, uh, safety type of stuff. I think I think I think JOK's film was better, but I get it. I can see I can see where you go. I just think he I think he was a better player coming out. I thought he was a first round talent. If he didn't have the whole heart thing, I think he goes in the first round. Uh, but that whole heart thing happened, and, and that's I kind of compared Overshown to not compared. I said he's not a, a Bolton, a Nick Bolton type guy. We're at line or hell, I won't even say JOK. But at linebacker, these guys, you saw it at linebacker. And you you, you didn't really need to groom them to do these linebacker things. Uh where I think overshown and over 10. While he he made leaps and bounds improvements year over year at linebacker, it's clear that we we still got some development that we got to do there. And maybe, maybe it's big nickel. Maybe it's more downward pass rush type guy, but I, I love JOK coming out. I, I thought we were having conversations. I remember it vividly. We were having conversations. Michael Parsons, JOK, Nick Bolton. We're talking about the top three linebackers in the draft. That was that was a fun, that was a fun draft class, man. Fun draft class. That's a good, that's a good one, though. Cause I love JOK. Big stars, Jabril Cox, Neville Gallimore, both in jeopardy of being pushed off the bridge in the words of Vach. Speaking of which, make sure y'all tune in later on. Vach Lombardi Live. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be covering, I think, um, which coach are we covering? Schottenheimer. We're doing shoddy today. Damn, I forgot I had a, Hey, I forgot I had you on the line, Jose. I'm about to wrap the show up. Let me get you in here. What's good, brother? For real, man, what was early with something, though? <laughs> I, was about uh, to, I was about to bang on you. What's up? I was about to bang on you, man. What's up, though? My bad. No, I've was, I was been trying to get you since the draft, dog. Trying to give you a little shout-out. Appreciate, Appreciate what everything you and Botch do. Uh, right before the show, uh, draft, actually, Sean McEwen came over here for a 7-7 seminar over here in Portable, Texas. He uh, came over here with, I guess, the high school kids. Give him autographs and shit, you know, give him a little pointers on what he should be doing and everything like that. I wasn't there, but I heard it was pretty nice here, but, you know, a lot of people from the small town, but, what, 5,000 people? You know, a lot of people got autographs from him and everything like that. I got to meet him, but, yeah, the way this rock is going, I don't know if he's going to be here, but, hey, I just I just want to shout out everything that Dallas does, everything you do, everything Botch does, you know, pretty much the whole community, dog. Stay humbled about this. And I want to see what's in store, dog, because what's happening now, I haven't seen this in years. And that's literally my lifetime, 30 years. So let's see this. I'm ready. Hope you have a good one, Scott. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate the flowers, big dog. We grinding. Oh, 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 say say it again. Say it again. You was muted. Say it again. Hey, hey, hey. If the people in the back didn't hear, remember, fuck Philly, dog. Y'all have a great day. Period. I will always allow that. Yeah, I don't want to let us win those Super Bowl, dog. <laughs> All right, man. That'll do it now for the show. That'll do it now for the show. 
If y'all missed today's show, we basically discussed four players we believe raised their expectations through play. Running back, Donovan Wilson, Tyler Smith, Jonathan Hankins, and Tyler Biotish. Uh, if y'all agree or disagree, let me know in the comments after the show. And also list some guys that you believe raise their expectations and if they'll meet or exceed those expectations or fail to meet them. In the roundup, we talked about DeMarvion overshone and, and being a potential special teams demon. And we did our undrafted free agent spotlight with Darrell Johnson. I'm really intrigued with this kid, man. He got some pass rush to him. So really good stuff today, y'all. Appreciate y'all for coming through. Let me go ahead and press this button. We got a Niners fan here. Look, I'm not going to ever be one of those types that get mad where other fan bases come in. Even if you troll, just just be good at it. Don't be like the one dude down at training camp. Uh, uh, why, why you uh don't got a uh, uh, shut up. I'm out of here. Love y'all. Peace. What's his name? Philadelphia. Uh, how you feel? Uh, uh, uh about going with the Super Bowl? You okay, sir? Did you eat? The, did you eat the crayon? Can I come in, Gina? He sounded like. Bomb Squad!